Welcome. You're listening to the podcast of First Church in Woodland, California, Pastor Timothy Wisnett. We're so glad you could join us. And we pray that this message you're listening to today is a blessing to your day. And I want to invite you also to visit us online at firstchurch.app to get connected with us and learn about our service and upcoming events. And uh, we hope that we can connect with you and see you soon. So we're glad that they did. Amen. John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. This is such a clear contrast between God and the devil, evil and good, the church and the world, sin and righteousness. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, I've come to give you life, and not just any life, but a more abundant life. Amen. Job chapter 12 and verse number 7, we'll read there. Amen. Now, I know in uh, Bible school and in cemetery, they t- or seminary, they tell you, don't read from two passages of Scripture, but I didn't go, so that don't count. Amen. Job chapter 12, verse 7. But ask now the beasts, and they shall teach thee, and the fowls of the air, and they shall tell thee. Or speak to the earth, and it shall teach thee, and the fishes of the sea shall declare unto thee. In other words, the Lord is saying that you can look at nature, and it's got something to teach you if you just observe. This won't make, this title will hopefully make sense in about 10 minutes. We're going to go to school. Everybody say, we're going to go to school. I know school's out, but we're going to go to school for a few minutes. And I want to preach on the photosynthetic power of Calvary. The photosynthetic power of Calvary. Amen. And all the young people are going, man, we just studied that. We got to come to church and go to school. Yes. Amen. We're going to learn something up through the Word of God by nature on this 4th of July week. Can you say, man, I know Brother Nate's going to be grading me back there. Our resident engineer over here is going to be great. Sister Simone will be grading the accuracy of my scientific statements. But I believe that, <laughs> I believe they're right on. Amen. Let's pray together right now. Jesus, we're so thankful for your Word. We are so humbled by your presence. Thank you for moving in such a marvelous way thus far. Lord, we know that there is still greater things that you want to do in this service. And I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch us by your strength and by your power. Lord, I pray that before we leave here, somebody's life will be changed. The waters of baptism will be stirred. Amen. And the cry of a new soul being born in the altar today. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen and bring us into unity and into harmony under your word. And we believe you, Lord, for the miraculous in this house today. And everyone said amen. And would you just give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Amen. You can be seated, but as you're being seated, say Dios la bendiga. Amen. Many times we find in nature being used in Scripture to teach us about God and His ways. And the, old, the Bible says that, that God is a spirit, amen, and, and that spirit hath not flesh or bone to form. 
And so we understand that in the old times, in the Old Testament, when the Bible would speak of the hand of God or the eyes of God, it was not the literal hand of God or the little eye of God, but it's something that in theology is called a transmetaphoric association. Have fun with that, Brother Roberto, trying to translate that. Transmetaphoric association. And what transmetaphoric association means is that you take a human element and you try and translate that in a way to an inhuman thing. So you take a part of God that you can't understand and you make it relatable by using something we can understand. And God does this uh, through his word, even through nature. In Jeremiah chapter 8 and verse number 7, the word of God says, Yea, the stork in the heaven knoweth her appointed times, and the turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people know not the judgment of the Lord. You see how he used that to say even animals know the time, but my people are not discerning the time. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6, uh, uh, the wisest man writes, Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. In other words, he's telling a lazy person what you need to do instead of being on your phone all day. Instead of being on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat and whatever else is out there or YouTube, why don't you drag your lazy hide outside and watch some ants for a little while and learn? What he's saying is you're lazy. And, and do you want to learn a work ethic? Go watch the ants. Well, that's a message in itself for 2022. You want something? Work for it. Amen. In the Lord's parables, he uses the wind, the fields, the birds, the sheep, and foxes. The Psalms are filled with the use of nature to teach us about God and his way. Psalms 148 and 1 through 6, David relates God to us by saying this, Praise you the Lord. Praise you the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise ye him, all his hosts. Praise ye him, sun and moon. Praise ye him, all ye stars of light. Praise him, ye heavens and ye waters that be above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. He hath also established them forever and ever. He hath made a decree which shall not Pass. And the psalmist is using nature to teach us about the divinity and the power of God. Let me just say this for the climate alarmist. We're not going to do anything to this planet that God has not allowed. They say we're going to zap up all the water, not according to God. Amen. Psalms 89 and 9, thou rulest the raging of the sea. The waves thereof arise, thou stealest. Uh, Psalms 90 and 2, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. He is teaching us, amen, about God being forever and everlasting, and he's using nature uh, to teach us that. But this morning, I want to use one facet of nature to help us understand the awesome and life-changing power that happened at Calvary, amen, because it was not just some little date we put on a calendar. It's not some little cross we hang up once a year to celebrate Easter, amen, but the cross 
cross of Jesus Christ has a life-changing power in it. Not only power to change your present, not only power to change your future, but it's got power to remove the sting of your past. Somebody shout, there's power in the cross. There's power in the blood. Amen. I believe there needs to be an old-fashioned restoration of blood preaching in the church and cross preaching in the church. Amen. I'm glad for the blessings of God, but it still takes the blood of Jesus Christ to wash away our sins. I'm thankful for the shout and the dance, and we love to do that even on a 4th of July holiday. Amen. But the shout won't save us. The cross is going to save us. An empty grave is going to save us. And it's the power of Calvary. Arizona State University has an entire center focused on the study of photosynthesis. This subject is too complex and too intense for me to completely cover this morning. But if you'll bear with me just a few moments and let me lay a foundation, I believe I can build off of this fact of nature to be able to show us more closely and more deeply the beauty and the power of the cross. We will look at the main topics of photosynthesis here for a few moments. Photosynthesis is basically converting carbon dioxide to oxygen. Am I right so far, Brother Nate? You. <laughs> I'm going to pick on him a lot today. Amen. It's basically taking carbon dioxide and, and converting it to oxygen. The best uh, form of photosynthesis is in plant form. Plants contain an element called chlorophyll. Carbon dioxide is what we breathe out. CO2 is deadly. You can't breathe CO2 for too long or you'll die. A lot of uh, scuba divers uh, will die in diving accidents because they accidentally rebreathe their own air. And they're not rebreathing oxygen, they're rebreathing CO2 or carbon dioxide. It's destructive and it's deadly. Amen. Photosynthesis is simply converting CO2 to carbohydrates. Electrons from water are used to make this conversion. It takes water to convert something from deadly to life. Y'all with me so far? Amen. We're going to preach about science this morning. It takes water to take it from death to life. I'm going to say it again. It takes water to transplant something, to take and convert something from carbon dioxide, which is fatal, to oxygen, which gives life. When all this takes place, oxygen and protons are produced. And thus, life is able to exist on earth because God made nature able to recycle itself. We can't live without the plants. And guess what? The plants can't live without us. We live off their oxygen. They live off our carbon dioxide, our CO2. Photosynthesis is simply converting CO2 to carbohydrates. That's all it really is. The one thing to have, uh, it's one thing to have carbon dioxide and water, the chlorophyll and the vessel or plant trying to have photosynthesis, but there's still more elements that have to take place in a very basic sense. There is one main element that is needed to generate the power for all these chemical and biological reactions. You've got the plant, you've got the human, 
You've got the oxygen. You've got the carbon dioxide. You've got the water. But there is one key element that you must have or this process will not be complete. And that element is light. Light is made up of a spectrum of colors. The chlorophyll absorbs only two colors to power the conversion process. There's only two colors it absorbs, blue and red. Now, at this point, you're probably asking yourself, what in the world does this have to do with Calvary, Pastor? I mean, I didn't come to church this morning to hear about scientific processes of biology. I've come to hear about the gospel well, I'm going to give you the gospel related through science. Remember the main elements of photosynthesis are carbon dioxide, the plant, the only element that is chlorophyll that can absorb the right color and the right light, and then the colored light, blue and red, and finally water. Now, I want to take a moment, just deal with carbon dioxide. I bumped it a little a bit ago. But I want to liken carbon dioxide to sin this morning. Because there's not anyone in this room that does not produce carbon dioxide. And if you're not producing carbon dioxide right now, please raise your hand and we'll take you to a hospital immediately. Because you ain't breathing. Because we all produce this deadly chemical known as CO2. It's all around us. It affects everybody around us. You can't escape it no matter how hard you try. You can live, try to live in a bubble, but you better have oxygen pumped in. You can wear a mask, but it's still not going to block you from the deadly toxins that are carbon dioxide. Romans 3 and 23, Paul said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin ultimately brings death. A constant exposure to carbon dioxide brings a certain death and a constant exposure to sin in your life will most certainly bring a spiritual death. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because of sin, there must be a conversion process if we're going to live. I said if we're going to live, there must be a conversion that takes place. If we're going to continue to exist, there's got to be a conversion just like carbon dioxide must be converted to oxygen. Your sin must be converted to life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching about the photosynthetic power of Calvary. In order for there to be a conversion, there must be a converter. As the plant is the vessel used to bring about photosynthesis conversion, Jesus Christ was the vessel to bring about a spiritual conversion. Oh, hallelujah. Just as the plant brings the conversion, 
Jesus Christ is the one that brings a conversion into our life. In Psalms 14 and 1 through 3, the writer says, The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt. They have abominable works. There is none that doeth good. Amen. The Lord looketh down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. You see, the plant has no power. The plant just takes the carbon dioxide that causes death and it bridges the gap between light and CO2 and brings it all together to produce a life-giving chemical known as oxygen. And just as the plant is the converting point or the bridge between death and life, I find it no coincidence that Jesus was not nailed to a bridge wall. He was not tied up to cement, but that he was nailed to a tree, which is a plant, and upon and upon that tree, upon that plant, if you would, amen, Christ was nothing but the vessel to bridge the gap between sinful man and a holy God. Had it not been for him, there would be no conversion process that would take us from death to life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost today. I, I feel like shouting right now. Jesus Christ is the converter from our sin to everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 19 says to it that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not impugning their trespasses against them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Christ himself said that he was in John 15 and 5, he said that he is the true vine. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Why do you think Jesus, you think this is all a coincidence? No. Jesus, amen, is the creator of all things according to Colossians. Jesus understood photosynthesis. And when he likened himself to something, he said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the one that will take and be able to convert carbon dioxide into oxygen. I'm the one that is able to take your sins and wash them in my blood and make you white as snow. I'm able to take your past, put it under my blood and give you life. I'll take your death and I'll exchange it for life. Hallelujah. Anybody getting anything out of this this morning? Now you got to remember in photosynthesis, chlorophyll is the one and only element that can make this conversion process possible. Everybody say chlorophyll. What is the one and only element about Christ that could bring about the conversion of sinful man? I'll tell you what it was. It was the fact that Jesus Christ was absolutely sinless. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, For we have, a, we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. 
just as chlorophyll can, is the only element that can absorb the proper spectrum of light to power the conversion process. So the sinlessness of Christ is the only thing that could unite fallen humanity with holy deity. It was the sinless person of Jesus Christ that reached into the mire and into the muck and into the cesspool of sin and he bridged the gap reaching me and my sin and reaching us upward at the same time. It is the photosynthetic power of Calvary that a God like that would die for my sin and die for your sin. But what were the only colors? What were the only colors absorbed by chlorophyll? Do you remember that? It was two colors. Do you remember? Red and blue, or blue and red, both are correct. You all passed your quiz today. Congratulations, you made an A+. Amen. I'd like to give a little bit of credit to the teacher, though. No, you all passed. Red and blue is the only two colors absorbed. Red and blue. Red and blue. I, I, I want to I I break that down a little bit more because those two colors have significance in the Word of God. Blue has always been associated with deity. the effort that the priest wore, the veil in the tabernacle, Solomon's temple, all these had blue to represent that deity was present. All of these had blue to signify deity. Red represents these, royalty, iniquity, prosperity, and conquest. Through the red stainless blood of Christ, we are made a royal priesthood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our iniquities are washed away and we are made prosperous in the kingdom of God and all sin is conquered because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And once again, the only element that could absorb and unite the deity of God and the sinfulness of man was the sinlessness of Christ Jesus. Now, for the photosynthetic power of Calvary. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Isaiah 53 and verses 4 through 5 says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Because Christ was the vessel that was sinless. He was the only one who could take the death-causing element of sin 
sin to Calvary. He was the only one that would be able to take my sins and nail them, as the word of God said, to his cross. He was the only one that has ever lived or will ever live that can live a sinless life. Therefore, being able to absorb our sins and take them to his cross, he was able to convert my death into his life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. He took my sins and converted them and brought them to life, brought me to life. When he cried, it is finished. He absorbed all sin to begin the conversion process. The Bible said when he was in the garden that he prayed, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. The Bible said he who knew no sin became sin. Amen. He there on the cross, he took our sins and absorbed them into himself. That way when he cried, it is finished. And the Bible said he gave up the ghost. Amen. He was converting our death toxins into a life-giving energy. I want you to know there is still power in the cross. There is still life through Calvary. Amen. I know that in 2022, everybody wants to hear about rainbows and lollipops, but I've come to preach to you, there is still power in the blood. There's still power in the cross. There's still power in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you want life, you gotta go back Calvary. If you want life more abundantly, you gotta go through Calvary because there is photosynthetic power in the cross. Somebody give the Lord a hand praise right now. Hallelujah. And I'm almost done. But remember without water, without water, there is nothing to mix with the CO2 or the sin to begin the conversion process. The Bible said that it was at Calvary that red blood and water flowed from the side of Christ when the soldier plunged his spear into his side. The Bible tells us that our sins are washed away or they are remitted only when we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Our sins are not remitted because we confess. Our sins are not remitted because we pray. Our sins are not remitted because we shake a preacher's hand or we join a church. Our sins are not remitted when we're sprinkled by water, but there's only way to get our sins removed or blotted out against us, and we've got to go into the watery grave of baptism. And when you get in the waters of baptism, there's only one way to be baptized. That is the Bible way. That's in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Oh, I'm thinking of the old song, there shall be light in the evening time. The path to glory you will surely find through the waterway. It is the light today, baptized in Jesus' name. Young and old, repent of all your sins, and the Holy Ghost will surely enter in. The evening light has come. It is the fact that God in Christ
Christ are one. I'm preaching to you this morning. There is life-giving power in the death of Christ. There is life-giving power in the cross. If you want life and a more abundant life, then on this 4th of July celebration week, it's time to get your freedom. Get your freedom from sin. Gain your independence from addiction. There's photosynthetic power in the cross. We used to sing, there is power, power, wondrous working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wondrous working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. But you can do all the other steps. But if you don't put water in the process, photosynthesis will not occur. That's why when droughts occur, plants die. When plants die, oxygen levels drop. When oxygen levels drop, toxicity arises. You know what woodland needs? You know what California needs? You know what America needs? You know what this world needs? We don't need more political reform. We don't need no more social issue reform form. What we need is a resurrected preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ. Let Jesus take your sin and convert it. He'll convert your greedy heart into somebody that'll want to give out of love. He'll convert racism and make you want to love everybody. He'll We need photosynthesis in this land today. But we can't do it without water. Truly, through the photosynthetic power of Calvary, God gives us life. And he gives us life more abundantly. You want abundant life? Stop sinning. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You want abundant life? Stop sinning. You want abundant life? Repent of your sins. You want abundant life? Bury those sins in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus. You want abundant life? Amen. Let God convert that sin, that carbon dioxide into oxygen. And you're going to find out soon and very soon that there is a life-giving power in the cross of Jesus Christ. No wonder hell wants to take the cross out of our churches. No wonder Satan has a strategy to take the blood out of our preaching and out of our singing. But I've come to tell you this morning, there is still life-giving power in the blood of Jesus Christ. If you need a healing, there's still power in the blood. If you need redemption, there's still power in the blood. If you want your life to be changed, there's still power in the blood. There's still a conversion process that will change your life, take you from death to life, from darkness to light, from disparity to peace, from poverty to blessing, from under to above from lack to exceeding. That's the kind of God we serve. He wants to give you life and life more abundantly. Stand with me this morning. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, 
all things are become new. Oh, hallelujah. If any man be in Christ, let me just say this. I believe somebody can receive the Holy Ghost today. But let me say this. The Holy Ghost don't change you. It gives you the power to change. It did not say if Christ be in any man. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Is Christ in you? It did not say if Christ be in any man. He is a new creature. It said if any man be in. There's a difference between Christ and me and me and Christ. You want to know how? I become a new creature when I'm in Christ. Because when I'm in Christ, I lose my own divinity. You're the old me. Well, you're the young me, actually. Christ in you, the Holy Ghost, gives you the power to come into Christ. We've messed this up in Pentecost for far too long. We're preaching something that ain't biblical. That the Holy Ghost is, I hear him say, used to say, the Holy Ghost will do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. It'll change you in an instant. It'll give you the power to change. Because I know a lot of people that got the Holy Ghost still went home and hit their wife. I know people that got the Holy Ghost and went home and snorted a line of cocaine. What the Holy Ghost will do is give you the power to come out of sin. But make sure when you're coming out of sin, you're coming into Christ. Come to me. As you get in Christ, the less of you there is, and the more of Him there is. Until all of a sudden the world can't see where you start and Jesus stops. They can't tell which part is really you and which part is really him. You see, it's the photosynthetic power of the cross that if you will come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, I will receive you unto me, and you shall be my people, and I shall be your God. In other words, what the word of the Lord is saying is simply this. It's not good enough to just say, I believe. It's not good enough just to pray a prayer. It's not good enough to say, well, I got the Holy Ghost. At some point, you have got to start walking out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You want life more abundantly? You won't get it through money. You want life more abundantly? You're not going to get it by, by a big following on Instagram. You want life more abundantly? You're not going to find it from that TikTok theologian. You want life more abundantly? Get in Christ. I want to close with 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit. We start changing. Why? Because we are being led by the Spirit of the Lord. In the name of Jesus.
preaching to. I'm not just preaching to one or two. I'm preaching to an entire room full of people right now that God is trying to work the conversion process in your life. If you've never been in the waters of baptism in Jesus' name, hear, hear this pastor this morning. Hear me right now. You're never going to be converted without the water. Oxygen or air or wind has always been a typology of the Spirit in the Bible. You're never going to be converted without carbon dioxide being released into oxygen. I wish I had time to break all this down, but I don't. Isn't it amazing how photosynthesis takes a deadly toxin and makes it life-giving? Isn't it amazing how the baptism of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit says it takes the deadliest member of your body, which is your tongue. <laughs> the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking with tongues, when all of a sudden you begin to be filled with the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden he takes that toxin, which is your tongue, amen, and he begins to tame it and control it, and you begin to speak in an unknown tongue as the Holy Ghost is filling your life, amen. Isn't it beautiful that through Photosynthesis. Christ laid out the plan of salvation. Do you want life? And do you want more abundant life? If so, you've got to let the conversion process take place. I want you to lift your hands all over this room. I'm about to open these altars. I feel the presence and the power of Almighty God in this place. Hallelujah. God's about to do a work in somebody's life in this place. I still believe there is power to heal in this place. In a few moments, I'm going to open these altars, not for just one or two, but for whole, this whole house. And I believe there is sickness that's going to be healed in this house today. I believe through the power of the blood of Jesus. I believe through the power of the blood of Jesus that life-giving healing is going to flow into this place and somebody is going to leave here healed in their body in the name of Jesus. In just a few seconds, I'm going to open these altars and somebody that's been struggling with that addiction in your life somebody that's been struggling with that sin in your life and you just can't seem to conquer it I'm going to open these altars in just a few moments and there's going to be a conversion process that takes place and God's going to take that deadly toxin of addiction in your life and he's going to set you free and you're going to have a life giving flow into your life in just a moment I'm going to open these altars to somebody who the enemy has got your mind in a vice. He's got your head locked down in a tight place. You're dealing with depression. You're dealing with fear and anxiety. And God wants you to come to this altar this morning and let a conversion take place to where there's peace, joy, hope, love, and exceeding joy that comes to your life in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift that voice right where you are. Come on. We're praying we're setting the stage. Somebody's going to give their life to the Lord today. Somebody's going to be healed today. Somebody's going to be set free today. Are you ready? Are you determined to leave here different than the way you've come?
come. Are you determined to leave here different if you are? I'm opening these altars for you right now to make your way down just as quick as you can. You want a healing in your body? Come on down. You want your life to be changed? Come on down. You want the power to overcome? Come on down. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, there's a conversion happening right now. Thanks again for joining us for this podcast. It's such an honor that we could have you, and we pray you were blessed by the word today. We want to stay connected with you, and so give us a follow on our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. You can find all of those on our website at firstchurch.app. You can also stay connected with us through that uh, website, and you can download it as an app on your phone from there. And so until the next time, we pray you're blessed. Have a great week in Jesus' name.